welcome to the Maritime Podcast. You are listening to Marcus Hand, editor of Sea Trade Maritime News. In this episode for International Women's Day, we are in conversation with Tan Beng Ti, Executive Director of the Singapore Maritime Foundation. Welcome, Beng Ti. Thanks, Marcus. You'll be hearing from Beng Ti about her career in the maritime sector and how to attract more women into this industry. Firstly, perhaps you could tell our listeners a bit about how you came to work in the maritime sector and more importantly, stayed in it. I joined the public service after my university studies and in the public service, there's always job rotation. So one day I was actually asked if I would like to join the shipping unit in the trade board. I was young then and I was uh, very excited because it does offer me new opportunities to explore new areas. So I took up the challenge and joined the shipping unit in the trade board. And since then, there was no turning back. Shipping has always been one of my portfolio, although I also undertake other portfolios within the trade board. Our focus was really on freight rate increase, the Far East Freight Conference, how freight rate increase uh, impact on export competitiveness, and less so on promotion of shipping. However, in the late 1980s and the early 1990s, we decided to change course and and, and we asked ourselves, could Singapore not grow into international maritime centre beyond the port? Can we actually grow an international maritime centre to actually complement Singapore's role as a hub port? I was actually very fascinated because I have always been looking at the newspapers and, and, and publications and reading up about London, about Oslo, about Hong Kong, how they managed to have such a strong, vibrant ecosystem. So to me, that is a challenge. And I stayed on in the sector because I now have a purpose and an objective to fulfill. So growing Singapore as an international maritime centre became my dream and it became my goal to fulfill. And that is what kept me going, even though sometimes we have ups and downs. But the sure fact that if I'm able or if my team and I are able to grow Singapore into an international maritime centre becomes such a great driving force. Well, I mean, certainly it has transformed, especially if you talk back to the days we were talking about the Far Eastern Freight Conference, (laughs) things like that. You mentioned places like Oslo and London there. You travelled extensively to attract companies to come and set up shop in Singapore. And you dealt with many top industry leaders. Is this something you ever imagined when you moved into this sector you'd end up doing? Not exactly, Marcus. Reaching out to companies is something that I know that I have to do. But what I didn't expect was to be able to reach out to so many prominent shipping personalities, many whom became good friends over the years. So as part of my job, I always make it a point to read about key personalities and the tycoons. So I flip the pages of a sea trade, rights lease and trade winds. And some of them are really legendary in the maritime world. So when I got to meet them, I was very, very excited because it gives me an opportunity to start planting a small seed about maritime Singapore. So over the years, I have met uh, strong personalities and great personalities like Tan Sri French Hao, John Andrew Collis, uh, Mr. Williamson, and NKH Koo, and those who are still present today like C.H. Tong. And all of them gave me very valuable advice for which I am very grateful and, and treasure them. That's a pretty impressive list of names you just reeled off. Meeting these people, what, what was that like? 
well, both excited and at the same time, I felt very awed in the sense because they're such big names, you know, and we were then starting out to be able to get secure meeting with them certainly made an impression on me. And that's why it also spurred me on to read more about the industry and to realize the need to be able to hold meaningful conversation with anybody. Yeah, so that's going to be very important when you're dealing with people, especially at that sort of level. That's right, yeah. One of the things I noticed actually in that list of names was they're all men. And this has traditionally been a very male-dominated sector. How is it coming into that environment? Tough, Marcus. (laughs) Apart from being a male-dominated industry where everyone possesses such strong technical knowledge or commercial knowledge, there's also this very strong old boys network. And it is sometimes the old boys network that make it difficult to get yourself into the so-called inner circle. I'm basically an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. And to me, that makes it even harder. But then I, I, I told myself that I will just have to make do with the situation. Nobody owes me a living and nobody owes me to be very, very polite to me, you know, and to include me into their conversations. Ultimately, I just grew a height. You know, just make myself a little bit more thick skin and make sure that I get myself seen and heard, build up the knowledge so that I can make meaningful conversations and take the initiative to step forward to make the first move. So you were able to overcome those challenges then? I would say so, because in fact, most of the people that I know are male. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you never miss an episode of the Maritime Podcast by subscribing on your preferred app. Something like the Singapore Shipping Association has been a definite shift in more recent years, many more women than there used to be. How has this sort of changed the sector, in your opinion? It is good. And, and, and I say it is good because with more females in the industry, it sends a very powerful message on what the shipping community is about. That although the, the industry is steep in tradition, yet embraces change. So the more women that we have in the industry and the better it is. I've seen many strong women leaders in, in the industry. So in various segments, so in law, you have the late Gomelin. I mean, she's energetic and she's determined, she's strong. And then you see the persistent Gina Lewin, who, who is always uh, in events and always offering advice. And then to see in the shipping finance, to see Angeline Tiong, who's actually the head of shipping in the OCPC. And the presence of women actually add much more diversity and richness in discussion. I mean, I certainly agree with that. And it's something you can see dealing with the industry locally here. And we are you know, definitely seeing more women in top positions. But do you think there's more that can be done to encourage this trend so we have more diversity in the boardroom shipping companies here? Certainly, I think more can be done, but I also believe strongly that seats in boardrooms must be earned, so it shouldn't be based on gender, but rather it should be based on the capability of the individual that is chosen for the betterment of the organisation. But having said that, the entry of women into boardrooms have been quite recent, and it would be good to at least showcase or demonstrate who are some of these women personalities in shipping so as to spur the rest of the females into the maritime sector. So it is actually very gratifying to note that the uh, IMO has actually dedicated 18 of May to be there for women in maritime. I think that sends a very powerful message and it actually encourages women to go into shipping 
or they perceive it to be a male-dominated industry. The other area that I think we could actually improve on is to offer much more mentorship to women who are actually aspiring to be leaders in maritime. Actually, you've just probably given me a very good idea for a future podcast there on <laughs> May the 18th and possibly profiling some of those, those women you just mentioned. You mentioned mentorship here. major part of your role in SMF today involves attracting talent to the maritime industries. Well, what would you say to a young woman looking to enter the industry or someone who's looking at a mid-career switch? So first of all, I, I think for these people, I would actually like to paint them a picture of what maritime is because people perceive maritime, you know, to be just about the port, you know, the shipyard. But there's actually much more to maritime. It's a whole world of opportunities and actually on both careers as well as uh, on challenges. So I would like to show them that maritime has a lot of career opportunities. I would also like to let them know that maritime is a meaningful industry. It is a resilient industry and it's an industry that brings food to the table because without maritime, without shipping, most of the supermarket shelves uh, will be empty. Indeed, that is very true. You did mention mentorship mm-hmm. there. I mean, obviously yourself, you'd be a fantastic mentor. Is this something that can be sort of set up more in the industry for mentorship of people coming in? There would be opportunities. So in fact, we are curating a program whereby we would like to actually have a mentorship program for the younger students, especially the undergraduates. It is important so that if they've got any questions about maritime, they've got someone to turn to. And because they are in the early stages of wanting to find out what more they can do or what maritime can offer, having someone to talk about it or having someone to share their own personal experiences and journey would be very useful inputs for the students. No, I can definitely see that. It's really good to hear that's uh, something you're doing. Just looking ahead, you've played an instrumental role in the development of Maritime Singapore and the the International Maritime Centre. Could you tell our listeners what you think needs to be done next to consolidate this growth? You know, Marcus, my greatest fear (laughs) is that we become irrelevant. So to me, it is actually important to continue to build on what we have because it doesn't mean that what we've built over the years will stay with us. Hence, the need to continuously engage with our customers, know what they want, curate the right programs for them, ensuring that they feel welcome are important elements. Making sure that we create a marketplace in Singapore for the shippers, the ship owners, and all the ancillary services to congregate in Singapore. Growing deeper roots of this company in Singapore will remain key will remain key and, and that should not be lost because that is really the foundation of what we have. However, on top of that, what we should be doing to also be looking at trends that will actually affect shipping in the longer term and that is really looking at digitalization, decarbonization and looking at how to build a talent pool to support the industry going forward. Hence, in SMF, growing the maritime talent pool is a centerpiece of our work. In fact, we've came out with a framework that looks at how we can attract people into the industry, how we can retain the people in the industry, engage them in the industry, and how we can actually grow in the pipeline of talent within the industry. So if we are able to do that holistically and be able to do it well in partnership with the industry, then the future maritime workforce will be able to, in a way, to serve the industry better. 
And if you look at what we have, ships are the same because it's different designs or different fuel type. But elements that makes the difference is really people. And there's actually a need to then ensure that people are adequately equipped to do their job going forward. So there's a lot to be done then. Yes, indeed. Bengsi, thank you so much for taking the time today and to tell our listeners about your career and what it's like bringing more women into the maritime industry. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks, Marcus.